Hey guys, this is Natalie from Not Another Wellness Podcast saying hi. It's been a little while. I've missed you guys and I've missed talking into this space that makes me so happy. I'm currently getting over a cold, so I apologize for the sound of my voice today, but I'm hoping that you can see through that because it is January 15th and literally everybody I know is sick. And getting sick is an interesting thing because if you're interested in health and wellness and keeping yourself feeling as good as possible, part of that is keeping yourself as healthy as possible. And I never fail to get sick after a few weeks or months of sort of getting off track of my routine in my lifestyle. And I think it's so normal to get sick this time of year because we go home for the holidays and we indulge and I'm so grateful for that. I really think that season of indulgence is important. It's the middle of the winter anyways. So who really cares if you're having fun with your family and you're enjoying cakes and cookies and drinking or, you know, just spending time sharing food with people and having good memories that way, I sure hope that you're not hard on yourself or making yourself pay for it by like overly working out or, you know, going on crazy detoxes or binges. This is a season of life. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's cold. You're wearing sweaters anyway. So don't worry about it. And so anyways, I got sick and something that came to mind was it's so funny how when you get sick, you start pumping your body full of goodness again. You start drinking tea and boiling ginger, if you're me, and having lemon and honey and going and getting kind of fancy juices that have a bunch of great nutrients in them to help recover. And I think that's totally great, but part of health and wellness to me is can I find a way to incorporate those awesome foods and habits into my life when I'm healthy, when I'm feeling great, to keep myself balanced, to keep me healthy. And I don't at all mean that getting sick is a punishment for indulging or anything like that. I really don't mean that. What I mean is it is a good reminder to feel I mean that it is a funny time and a good reminder that our bodies are doing the best they can every single day and there are times when they're just going to get sick because we are exposed to so many different people and germs all the time. And when you run yourself down or don't sleep well or stay out in the cold too much, maybe with wet hair, I'm super guilty of that, then it happens. You get sick. Anyway, what I'm actually here to talk about, let me just pour myself some tea. This is gypsy cold care tea. What I'm actually here to talk about is three steps to take the plunge into sober curiosity. What is sober curiosity? You might have never heard this term before, or maybe you have. Sober curious is actually a name of a book that was written by Ruby Warrington. I think she's from the UK. 
I've heard her talk on a few podcasts. She's lovely. And she wrote this book, and it says, Sober Curious, The Blissful Sleep, Greater Focus, Limitless Patience, and Deep Connection, Awaiting Us All on the Other Side of Alcohol. When I heard Ruby on a podcast, I really... It really sparked curiosity into this sober, curious lifestyle. And I would say this was probably back in September. And whether or not we have a problem with alcohol, one glass of wine can turn into two and turn into a bottle. And then we're shown this version of ourselves and this version of other people that for many of us makes us feel terrible, either in the moment or the day after. So... Ruby asked the question, how different would our lives be if we stopped drinking on autopilot or if we stopped drinking altogether? Really different, according to her research, and better. So Sober Curious is a guide to choosing and to live hangover-free, and she's one of the leading voices of the new sobriety movement. You might have heard about this in bigger cities like New York, even Denver here. There are bars opening up that are completely alcohol-free. They serve mocktails um, and they encourage playing games and social interaction without the lubricant, the social lubricant. Sober Curious is a radical takedown of the myths that keep so many of us drinking inspiring us in this conversation that empowers people to transform their relationship with alcohol so we can lead the most fulfilling life. I'm paraphrasing off of the Amazon book review, so definitely take a look at that. And I wanted to share three of the biggest things that have gotten me into this sober curious lifestyle and why it's been beneficial. Number one, get out of your own way. If you have questions about your relationship to alcohol, its effect on your body, why you choose to drink, get out of your own way and think about it and do something about it. This is a huge one. It's easier to go along with the flow, to assume that we don't have that inner wisdom that we so do and to second guess ourselves. And I find myself in this loop for the past, since I've been 21, so nine, almost nine years, I've found myself questioning my relationship to drinking. And maybe even before that, because let's be honest, the drinking culture where I grew up was prevalent from the end of middle school through, through high school. By the time I got to college, I really started to question my relationship to drinking and why I never seemed to make my own decisions around whether or not I wanted to drink. It was sort of expected of me. I would just drink to fit in, to have fun, to feel close to people, to have deep conversations, to be a part of it. But I started to question myself nine years ago, and arguably it might have taken this long for me to actually branch into the sober curiosity lifestyle for good. There have been other times in my life when I was experiencing stomach issues from traveling and was put on a sort of cleanse to help boost the good gut bacteria and get rid of the amoeba that I had picked up in India. And 
was told not to drink. And that was the first time, and it was for three months, and it was over my 21st birthday. And that was the first time I thought, okay, so my body right now has a unbalanced amount of bacteria in my stomach because of drinking unclean water. And they're telling me not to drink, to heal myself. And I was really in a lot of pain at this time. So I was willing to do anything, including give up drinking on my 21st birthday. But before that, I'd played a little around with my relationship to alcohol and luckily found a few friends in college who felt the same way. Like maybe they didn't want to drink all the time or they wanted to take breaks in between nights out drinking instead of it having, you know, being this recurring thing. So I was really grateful to find those people. Shout out to Michelle Goldberg and actually, and Max Littlefield. He was the first person I ever met who didn't drink. And I thought that was really cool and impressive. And I still do. And since I've met other people and I find those people just as impressive and I'll get into that later. Reason number two, if you take yourself into the plunge that is sober curiosity is to set realistic goals for yourself. Maybe you're interested in giving up drinking altogether, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're interested in seeing if you can drink less and still feel like you're in control and that you're making that choice deliberately to drink. So for me, it's been choosing instances where it would be, quote unquote, easier to not drink. So giving myself, like, you know, on the weekdays, I'm going to cut back and I'm not going to order a drink at the bar, at happy hour after work. I'm going to stick to water and see how I feel and then carry on with my normal activity the rest of the week or the weekend. If you try to go from social drinking 100% of the time to just kind of being that person that's assumed to have a drink in their hand and then could finish it and then have another one <laughs> or buy the next round, man, that always used to get me in trouble was when we were buying rounds for each other. Anyway, then I would suggest that you set a realistic goal that is let's try and drink 80% of the time and 20% of the time cut back. What does cutting back from drinking mean? It means different for everyone. So if you're like a five drink a night person, then why don't you try to have three drinks? If you can't say no, then why don't you try and mindfully sip a drink, um, nurse that drink, switch to water immediately after consuming a drink. These are all options. I mean, I'm just like pulling these out of my head right now. So I think you know what I mean though. Set realistic goals so that you are not setting yourself up to fail because we all know what happens when we break a rule that we set for ourselves or feel like we failed. You can kind of self-sabotage. I mean, this is speaking from experience, right? Like, oh, I'm never going to drink again. And like, I've said that probably a thousand times. And then the next weekend I am drinking again, or the next night that's a fun party or like a game night. I end up downing half a bottle of wine and feeling like I let myself down. The goal here is to become more aware of your drinking habits and not to necessarily cut it out completely Although that's the route I'm choosing to go down this time because, like I said, this is nine years in the making for me. 
don't let yourself down. Just start to play with your dependency on social lubricants and see how it makes you feel to cut back, to drink more mindfully, drink more slowly, to incorporate more water in rotation with your alcohol beverages, and even things like you're showing up at a brewery and choosing the alcohol or the beverage, the beer that has a lower amount of alcohol per volume or ABV um, as your drink. So like not that heavy, intense coffee stout that I freaking love, but a lot of times those drinks are like 7 or 8% and they're crazy strong. So instead, you're cutting back on the amount of alcohol that you're consuming per drink and therefore kind of slowing it down. I've also been known to ask bartenders to make my drink weak. That might not be something you're comfortable doing. I did have to explain to the waitress what I meant by that, and she was very confused, like, who does that? And by the way, they still charge me full price. But what I mean is, if I want to have a margarita, or if you want to have a margarita, you can ask for instead of like a double shot, a shot, or instead of a full shot, a half a shot. And that way you're still getting, you know, the drink that you love and you still have a little bit of alcohol in it, but you're really nursing that baby. Step number three for steps to take into the plunge of sober curiosity is to freaking be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself. I'm saying that for me. When you might not reach that realistic goal that you set for yourself or that intention to be more mindful about drinking, don't punish yourself like you are a failure because you're not. Drinking is incredibly addictive. It's incredibly socially encouraged at every event that we've ever had, any celebration, it is everywhere. It is really hard to avoid. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I've always had this thing in the back of my mind of, you know, how do I cut back? And I'm not speaking to people that actually have a alcohol addiction by any means, because I, I really can't speak to that. And that is a totally different set of steps. But I mean, people that realize that they are drinking maybe without wanting to and you're wanting to play with this a little bit, be easy on yourself when you fail because trust me, you're going to give in to the social pressure at some point. You're going to have a fun night and really want to indulge and maybe get carried away. You're going to be given a drink by a friend. Don't get drinks from strangers. That is stronger than you intended, and it's it happens. It totally happens. I've had probably every experience with that. And you might be dehydrated that day or not having eaten enough, and the alcohol could affect you in different ways, and you might feel drunk and feel like you let yourself down, but you really haven't. It's all part of this experiment, this curiosity. Sober curiosity is not sobriety if you don't want it to be. It is sober curiosity. What would it be like to be curious around more sober sober behaviors and how might that help you socially, from a health perspective, or just be a super interesting social experiment where you get to feel how awkward it is to show up at a party and not have a sip of alcohol when everyone offers you a drink. 
just to give you a little background on me. So I, I, I mean, I mentioned I'd been on and off sober trying to cure my stomach in the past. I felt like, I've always actually felt like alcohol has had a very severe impact on my mood. And there are times of the month or just times when I have a drink or two and become sad. And it's really sad to be at a drinking event feeling sad because the drink you drank sort of brought you into a place maybe unveiling feelings or emotions that you haven't dealt with. I don't think that's the best way to deal with those feelings. I think it actually can cause a lot of issues for you um, from experience with that. So that's one thing. And about a month ago, I went out. Um, Again, I've been playing with the sober curiosity on and off since September. I went sober free for the most of October I think, I don't think I quite made it. I forget why. Um, And then in December, I went out to a holiday party, went and met up with some friends, ended up playing some drinking games. And I woke up in the morning with a migraine that lasted until about 9 p.m. And I couldn't keep any food down until after lunchtime and threw up numerous times And I really looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this is all the proof that you need. You've always struggled with your relationship with alcohol, if it was healthy, if it was making you feel good, if it was really adding to your life at all. And often, too often, when you drink, you become violently ill and hungover for the entire day after. And I looked at myself and I said, you know, you know what you want. Step number one, you're in your own way and you know alcohol and you do not mix well. You know you have violent hangovers and it's time to listen to your body. It's time to acknowledge that curiosity and see how you do and how you feel and how it goes for your own sake because I nearly ruined an entire day from drinking the night before and it just felt like the last straw. I reached out to a friend and I wasn't easy on myself um, for basically ruining my boyfriend and, and my Christmas celebration by being so hungover. And she really reminded me to be easy on myself and said, look, you know, you were having a good night and you wanted to drink. There's nothing wrong with that. But this is what happens when you do that. So just remember that that comes after. And that was a really important message. Thanks, Sheila. So those are my three steps to take the plunge into sober curiosity. I hope throughout this episode I've explained what sober curiosity is. I would encourage you, if you're interested, to look up Ruby Warrington. Her book is available on Amazon. I personally follow several, several sobriety and sober curious accounts on Instagram and find that support center to be so, so, so helpful because it does feel like you're so alone in the world when you're, you know, at a bar, at a party, being, you know, celebrating life still, but not drinking. I actually had an experience this weekend, several, where I nearly talked myself into drinking because I didn't want to deal with the questions that people were going to have for me and did have for me. Oh, why aren't you drinking? Oh, you just must be doing sober January. It really, it comes up every time I'm not drinking. I have to profess my reason and it's kind of obnoxious. My thoughts on that are just like, 
just leave people alone. If they're not drinking, they could have a full-on addiction. They could be an AA. They could be on a medication they don't want to tell you about. They could be experiencing in sober curiosity, but it's none of your business. And frankly, just don't make them tell you. They'll tell you if they want to. They'll, they'll share about their their feeling and maybe how uncomfortable it feels to not be drinking, um, but it has nothing to do with you. So just remember that um, there could be so many reasons why someone's not choosing to drink. Thank you for listening. I hope this was interesting or helpful. If any of you are in the same boat as I am, either seemingly very intolerant to alcohol, curious about what it would look like to cut back on alcohol, or interested in cutting back altogether. I am not setting a goal for myself for how long I will be sober, but um, this this month has been really great. I've journaled a ton about it. I've journaled after every time I felt super uncomfortable in a social social situation, um, just as to a way to be easy on myself and understand that it is challenging to give up to give it up. And I feel really proud of myself that I've made it this far. This is definitely the longest I've ever made it, aside from that time in college. So. Um, Hoping that this episode encourages some of you to reach out to me if you're in the same boat and you want to talk about it. I really am looking for this community and hoping to um, do a future episode on sober curiosity. So find me at, at naturally underscore nomadic on Instagram, or you can email me at notanotherwellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here today. Mm-hmm.